Welcome to season three of The Blunderbuss, Australia's best bus on which to talk about leadership failure. My name is Edward Vaughan. Join me as I travel far and wide on my special bus, The Blunderbuss, and have honest conversations with great leaders about some of their greatest leadership disasters. On The Blunderbuss, we think it's possible to learn more from your moments of failure than your moments of success if you know the magic secret. And we also know that failure can be fun, especially other people's. Today's episode is sponsored by Baptist World Aid Australia because they also believe in leadership development and that learning from our blunders can help achieve audacious missions like theirs to be love and to end poverty in the world. So today, the blunder bus has travelled all the way to Unley in Adelaide and I'm speaking to Steve Woods, the Church Relationship Manager for Baptist World Aid for South Australia and the Northern Territory. G'day, Steve. G'day, Ed. Good to be with you. Thank you for jumping on the bus. It's good to be here. Yeah, bus ride's really, always fun. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed you know, traveling, getting out of New South Wales, getting all across South Australia, coming to Adelaide. It's been it's a beautiful city. Always glad to be in Adelaide, even though it's cold and wet and rainy today. Yes. <laughs> now, Steve, have you ever made a mistake? Have I ever made a mistake in the last 24 hours or in my okay. I've always made mistakes? <laughs> okay. This is how it is. I think uh, ministry is full of mistakes and life is full of mistakes. But, okay. Uh, well, you're on the right bus. Great. So uh, of, of the uh, plethora of opportunity that we have to talk about here, uh, is there one in particular you'd like to talk about today? I want to talk about one of the times when I um, realised that I had a an issue that was more than just a ministry issue. It was perhaps a character issue that I needed to address, and yeah. has continued to be one that I've needed to address throughout my uh, throughout my ministry life. Okay, okay, wow, that sounds full on. So tell us, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Let, let's just jump into the deep end, shall we? So, <laughs> yeah, um, um, I think the first time, first time it happened, I um, I, I discovered that I could do. The academic part, the the thinking part, the um, the skill part of ministry, reasonably yeah. easily. And I remember um, you know, in Bible college they taught us how to preach and they taught us how to structure a sermon. And yeah. I, I, the the time I want to talk about is one that I, I remember really clearly. I'd spent a whole week. I was preaching on a Sunday morning at it's one of the first churches I pastored, and um, I was preaching as uh, I was an associate pastor. It was my chance to you know, be on the big stage on a Sunday morning. And I um, had spent all week preparing this amazing sermon and it was brilliant. Like I was so happy with it. Technically it was perfect. And I, the structure was great and I'd done excellent exegesis and I'd uh, got fantastic illustrations and I'd put it together in a way. And I just knew this sermon was going to blow people's minds. Like they were, revival was going to break out. That was fantastic. Like you know, like I was so I was so confident re- revival was going to break out. It was going to be just um, this was going to be the thing that changed the church forever. You know, and okay. Um, so where's the problem? Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I thought I thought I had it all covered, and um, the we got to the moment on Sunday morning. I had all my notes, had everything ready to go. The uh, the worship leader finished off the song before the sermon, and then uh, uh, invited me up to preach. And I remember standing up in my seat, and I was about the third row, so I think it was probably about. I don't know, maybe 15 metres to walk from my seat to the lectern where I was preaching from. And uh, I haven't often heard uh, what I would describe God's audible voice um, speak. 
But this was a moment where it could have been God was standing right next to me. As I stood up, I heard this voice very clearly say, so are you going to preach that rubbish or are you going to preach what I want you to preach? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I had this moment where that 15 metres became the longest 15 metres of my life. And I don't think I've ever walked more slowly to <laughs> uh, between a seat and a pulpit. Um, and I just had this flashback to all these things I'd done during the week to read the right commentators and read the right books and get all the right information and realize what I hadn't done in the whole week was even pray about the sermon. Wow. Was even say, okay, God, what do you want to say yeah. to your people? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, it became a moment of great fear and trepidation when I got to the pulpit praying frantically, yeah. repenting, God, I really need your help in this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And got to the pulpit and just threw the notes away and really? just preached. And wow. what I found was all the information that I unpacked during the week was all there. Right. And it all came out. It just came out in a completely different way. Yeah. And um, and it really was a significant morning for the church and God really did some stuff. And I look back and think, that actually never would have happened if I just uh, stuck to what I had done rather than just take that moment to listen to God. And so so since then, you know, it's been this whole thing of, well, I can't prepare a sermon without asking God first what he no, wants. No, no. Uh, that story itself feels like a very cinematic kind of experience. I can oh, just yeah, you can make a movie out movie. of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the, the slow imagine, walk. Like, the slow walk and then it felt like and all the lights suddenly went dim and there was just one spotlight and, uh, you know, wow. as well as feeling like God had his eyes glaring into the back of my head, like it felt like the, the 130 people in the congregation were doing the same thing. Okay. And so, you know, just kind of spell it out a bit. What, what was the mistake? What was the failure? The mistake was, I think, relying on my own strength, my own skills, my own abilities and thinking that I knew all the answers yes, um, and thinking that I knew what people needed to hear um, rather than um, rather than spending the first part of that preparation and that decision-making uh, actively listening to God about what he might want to say. And there's something kind of, well, subtle about this or like from an external point of view, if I'm just one of the members of the congregation on that Sunday morning, it's not obvious to me, you know, whether you've done it in your own strength or whether you've done it in God's strength, I don't think, is it? Oh, and it's exactly why I think it's a character issue. Yeah, I think it's that's that's the integrity issue around it that, um, uh, you know, pe people could easily turn up and hear, hear a really well-crafted, well-thought-out, good exegesis-type sermon and go, well, that was good, faithful teaching of the word today. Yes. Um, but I, I've come to this decision that, that started me thinking and reflecting on it. I've come to this decision that um, preaching is more than that and leading God's people is more than just um, uh, having the right technical things or, or yes. ticking the boxes. It's actually about finding what, what, I've, what I've come to call the prophetic moment. You know, what out of all of this stuff, what is it that God actually wants to do? What is yes. it that God actually wants to say to his people that, 
all the other stuff doesn't matter. This is just the thing. Yeah. Um, and how do I then communicate that, whether that be preaching or whether that be in meetings or whether that right. be in leadership yeah. stuff, you know, uh, right across the whole leadership spectrum, how do I communicate that in a way that takes people on that journey? And for me, knowing what place it's come out of, it's not just something that I've whipped up in the office during the week, but it is something genuinely that I believe is God's heart for his people. Yeah, right. Okay. And, you know, of course, um, we don't want to be um, ever less than well-prepared or professional or, you know, technically, you know. No, not at all. So it's not one or the other, right? It's- oh, absolutely. And what what I found it, uh, I know, I actually now know that I'm doing that right when, when uh, whatever the preparation is actually takes more time rather than less time. Yes. Uh, so um, I, I have I have to I have to know my stuff. Yes. Uh, so it's not it's not an excuse for I'll just get up and wing it. Wing it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that. It's I have to know my stuff and I have to do the work and I have to unpack the theology and I have to do all the application stuff. I have to grab hold of all of that, but um, none of that none of that means anything unless it's uh, rooted in prayer and rooted in listening to God and understanding his heart and his yes. desire for that moment, whatever that is, and realize that it, for me it was a character issue. It was more yes. than just it was more than just um, uh, just making a mistake. Like I had a tendency, especially if things got difficult or things were stressful, just to do it. Yes. Um, and to do it myself and not, not take people on the journey to make sure things got done. You know, I could fix that, so I'd do it. Um, it's quicker and easier and less stressful for me just to, to do it myself, uh, to rely on my own skills and abilities um, rather than be part of leading God's people into the thing, whatever, whatever that thing is. And so uh, the reflection really was around I actually need to build in now patterns of prayer and um, patterns of connecting with God that means I don't let the tank get too empty. Um, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I will be back just doing it in my own strength again. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, that time that you described was not the last time that this was an issue for you. I'm, I'm wondering if this tendency or temptation comes back, you know, regularly oh, or periodically. Oh. Yeah. No, like it, it, it's you know it it all the time. It is a um, uh, uh, a number of years after that, I had an episode of burnout and ended okay. up uh, being off work for a while and uh, completely exhausted and emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually wrecked. Nice. And I'm convinced that's still all part of the same same thing. Same yeah. thing that I just let the tank get too empty all the time and just kept running, kept jumping from meeting to meeting and feeling like busyness was the, the right thing to be doing as a pastor and, yes. uh, you know, like uh, keeping a diary full and making sure that if anyone wanted to see my diary, I had back-to-back meetings and everything was in there. And What, what did you learn about failure? Um, I would have said up until that point when I had that moment of real realisation that I hated failure, like I yes. did not want to fail. Um, again, I was young. I was in my twenties. I was, um, you know, new in this ministry thing. But I really didn't want to fail. I wanted to be successful. Well, you know, I believe God had called me into ministry, and I still believe that. I believe that 
uh, God was in all of this, but um, there was this expectation on me that I was coming into the church. I was the expert. I was the professional Christian. I was the, the yeah. whatever, you know, and um, uh, failure would be bad because I'd be letting God down. I'd be letting the church down. I, um, but come to realize that it's actually through failure that God shapes us, that sometimes, sometimes we Sometimes failure is the end of the line in terms of God's been trying to get our attention for a while. Yes. And, and, and you know, I guess guess like kids learning to ride a bike or something, so there's a time when you have to let the seat go and you know they're going to fall over, but you know that that's actually good for the process in the end. Of, and so I think it was uh, failure for me has, often has been a time of God getting my attention when maybe – Leading up to it, he's tried a few times to get my attention, and I've been too busy doing things to uh, to listen. C.S. Lewis, you know, talked about suffering as the megaphone of God. You're kind of talking yeah. about failure as the megaphone of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think yeah, you know, I, I don't want to minimise suffering at all. I have lots of friends who suffer in all sorts of really difficult circumstances, but um, uh, you know, I look back and say some of my biggest suffering moments in ministry are probably my own failures rather than <laughs> self-inflicted suffering <laughs> rather than. Uh... Thanks, Steve. Uh, it's been, I've been really excited to have Steve on the blunderbuss today. I'm also really excited about a fantastic opportunity at Baptist World Aid. Through their matching grant appeal, one plus one equals a better world for all, you can help our global neighbours in vulnerable situations move closer to the fullness of life that God desires for each one of us. Even a small donation can have a big impact. Through this campaign, your donation will be helping God's work, providing real solutions for lifting people out of poverty, and you'll get a tax benefit, and the Australian government will contribute to each donation. The matching grant appeal ends June 30, 2021, so go now to www.baptistworldaid.org.au/matching-grant and take advantage of this offer. Thanks, Steve, and we'll see you next time on The Blunderbuss. Bus.